What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Jake Fromm, Jake Fromm, you know, he's able to get the ball where it's needed to be. Uh, you know, he's not going to take risks, but he's going to get the short yardage that he needs to be able to uh, create that momentum in that drive. That's Tennessee freshman linebacker Henry Tooto talking about Jake Fromm, Georgia quarterback, 24 of 29, 288 yards, two touchdowns, as Georgia defeats Tennessee 43 to 14 last night, Neyland Stadium. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Soundoff. Uh, we're brought to you by Window Works. Uh, Window Works offers financing for up to 10 years. To join us, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. Let's go back to the phones where Terry is our next caller. Hello, Terry. Yes, I do. I was one about that chop block play. i never seen a, you know, them call it chop block and then call it off. I didn't understand that. I got that one, Jimmy. What happened? It was obvious if you saw the replay of it. What happened was a Georgia player was laying on the ground and a Tennessee player got blocked over the top of him. He was all the way on the ground. He didn't chop. And the referee that initially saw it saw the result and they conferred about it and wiped it off and it was the right thing to do. It was not even close to being a chop block. I think conferring was a good piece of officiating. Cause and I thought they you know, got the ones right that they talked about last I, night. I did, too. Yeah. Okay, one, one more quick thing. Sure. You know, at, at, where, uh, you know, at State, at referee, they call that play where uh, one day Morris and Trace Smith took that Georgia play out of bounds. But then he didn't call that play when uh, Callaway in the end zone. I mean, is there anything that Pruitt can do about that referee? I know the out of bounds when he's talking about as I told you earlier, it kind of warmed my heart a little bit that we had somebody on the ropes like that. It was a bad penalty, and it stopped the drive. But Did you have any problem with the penalty? No, yeah. it was a penalty. They yeah. kept going way too long. I, I don't so know too. what you're talking about with Callaway in the end zone. Yeah, number 27, right before the half, you know, uh, when we threw the ball in the end zone, and then the guy pushed him in the end zone. And, you know, they showed it on the jumbotron a couple of times, and it was definitely passing the field, and the referee was right there. And then Jerry uh, Pruitt went running down there and chewed that referee out. Uh, that is correct. And and you're right. It was right before the half. It was a deep pass uh, to Callaway from Maurer. And uh, there was a feeling that looked like there was pa- looked like there was pass interference on Georgia. wouldn't call. And Pruitt was pretty upset about that. That official was involved with a couple of calls that Pruitt didn't agree with. But I'm, that's what I'm saying. Is anything Pruitt can do? I mean, a referee not calling another Tennessee game? He can, or, he can or, complain about it, but they keep those referees in crews, and I don't think they're going to break up one guy from an officiating crew because one coach didn't like the calls that he made. You can't. There used to be a time, Terry, at least I believe this. I'm not sure if it would be admitted. When uh, when coaches could blackball officials, I'll, I'll give you um, an example. In 2000, uh, Tennessee's playing Florida. And Florida had a catch-no-catch at the end of the game. The official ruled it a touchdown. 
And, yeah, I remember uh, that. Do you remember that? I do, too. Yes, sir. And that official uh, was a former because Vanderbilt it, football player. Uh, he was a he was a I thought he was a good official. I don't I think he missed that call. I don't think he called another Tennessee game. I think there was a day when you could blackball an official. I don't think that exists anymore. Yeah, because if I remember right, it was running back and it went right through his arms. It was you mean for Florida? Yeah, for Florida. It, right. it was a wide receiver named Jabbar Gaffney. Okay, okay, right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it went right through his hands. Uh, that's an incomplete pass in middle league, middle school. But, um, right. yeah, that uh, that was pretty costly there for uh, Tennessee. Right, yeah. Okay. Right, thank you all very much. Appreciate your show. Okay, thank you, Terry. Appreciate it. Let's go to Greg. Greg, you're on Sports Sound Off with Tim Irwin. Morning, guys. Morning. Uh, I've been in Tennessee for my whole life. My grandfather went to UT. My dad went to UT. I went to UT. Uh, seen them great and terrible. I was about as proud as I could be last night. It's been a really rough 10 years, and for a half, it was like watching old-school football. We looked like we cared. Everybody was running around trying. I know Bryce Thompson shouldn't have gotten into it, but I was just happy to see some fire from everybody. I was texting all my buddies, and it was for, like I said, the whole first half, it was like, gosh, these guys care. Everybody's giving it everything they've got. This is a great Georgia team, and we're holding them to field goals. We're pushing them back. We're getting big run plays. I was just – I'll let you guys talk about it, but I was just thrilled last night. I had a great time. I know we didn't pull it out, but overall I was just – I was absolutely pleased with the first, at least the first half of the game. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Greg. Uh, Tim, your thoughts on Tennessee's effort? thought it was good. I don't think I was pleased with the first half. I was – Pleased with the first 28 and a half minutes, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure about the whole first half, but uh, our last minute of starting with the missed field goal and everything that happened after that was was pretty bad. But, uh, no, I, was, I, I saw some spark that I hadn't seen before, and I saw some progress in some areas. Again, we got beat by a very good football team. I don't think there's any disgrace in that right now. We're not a very good football team. We hope to get there soon. Do you think a lot of that spark was brought by the fact that they had a freshman quarterback, that they just made a change? And he, he's an excitable guy. He was on the sideline whooping it up. He was greeting players when they came off the field. Do you think the quarterback change contributed? Having been in a situation with bye weeks before, I think that had a lot to do with the change in attitude. You got two weeks to practice and prepare for a team. You build them a start a new season right here, and I think changing quarterbacks – was a smaller part of that. But I think the whole mentality of the bye week, new quarterback, uh, big-time rivalry, playing at home, I think all that was a factor. You know, what's interesting is that last year, Tennessee's arguably their best game was a win at Auburn, right? Right. That came after an open date. Right. You got time to get ready. Mm -hmm. You got time to heal up a little bit. Got a bunch of young guys kind of – Lost out there, you get to rein them back in, get them focused, change quarterback, all that contributed, I'm sure. Well, let me ask you this also, because there was a distraction last week. Jeremy Banks, uh, running back linebacker, was dismissed from the team. What are your thoughts on Initially, Tennessee was not going to suspend him. Additional information came out, and then they ended up kicking him off the team. I don't know if you know if all he, the details. If he said but... what he said to our officers, I'd have gone over and helped him pack. Well, he said it. I saw it. That's how I video. feel about it. You yeah. want to know what's in my heart? Yeah. 
hey, you don't have those. You don't have you don't disrespect police officers like that. For those that didn't hear it, uh, basically what he said with the officer, he said, uh, "We shoot cops from where I come from. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee elected at that point not to take any." public may or not to suspend him although there was some internal discipline and then during the course of that and i didn't catch this but a news reporter with the news sentinel did to his credit they also when they were running through his license they found that he had a restraining order against a woman and when they found out about the additional situation with the restraining order against a woman it was like okay that's another strike you're gone so that's when they dismissed him new information came like forward. i said if it's true, I haven't seen the tape, heard the tape. I if he did. talked to our police officers like that at 3 o'clock in the morning on a traffic stop, I'll help him pack. Yeah, there's there's no doubt he did. I saw the tape. Uh, yeah, it, was, right. it was 66 minutes Good luck. Long. Good luck elsewhere. Let's go to Teresa. <laughs> Teresa, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hi, Jimmy. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. Um, I basically wanted to say how thankful I am that we were able to keep uh, Juwan Jennings on the team. I think he is a tremendous leader, and I think he's contributed a lot this year. Um, I say tremendous leader because I think he fires up the guys, and I hope he's a good leader off the field. There was a heck of a skirmish last night on the sideline, and I wasn't sure if he was part of it or if he was trying to stop it. But uh, it was between a coach and some players. So do you have any information on that? And I'll hang up. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Teresa, we appreciate the call. I didn't see it. I got a number of text messages about it. Uh, I I will share what I was told in the text messages, though I didn't see it. The coach involved, I was told by multiple people, was Will Friend. And there was uh, an issue between Friend and at least one player. And I was told by a couple of people that Juwan Jennings was playing peacemaker. He was trying to break it up. So that was the role that he played, according to the people that I talked to. In fact, one of the folks that was – this is odd, considering how many people were at the game. One of the guys that was text messaging me, as soon as I left the elevator to go to the locker rooms, I saw him. And we discussed it, and he told me what he saw. And uh, he's very credible, so I, I trusted – but he didn't say everything. So he believed that Jennings, as long as, as well as somebody else, was, was playing the peacemaker role in a skirmish that occurred between uh, Will Friend and uh, at least one or two players. Another guy that I was uh, that, that texted me said that he was listening to the broadcast, and I think he said he was out of town, and so maybe that's why he was listening to Georgia announcers, maybe because he could pick it up there. He said they talked about it a lot. I did not see it. Uh, Pulling the Sergeant Schultz on that one. I know nothing, Jimmy. (laughs) I didn't even know it happened until this morning, and we started getting some calls about it. Yeah, and and so um, I believe it was in the third quarter. I'm not 100% sure. I could go back and probably check my text messages and do a timeline on when that occurred, but I did not not see it. And from my perch in the press box, because of the where, where I'm sitting on a back row, I don't always see the Tennessee bench. I have to lean forward to see the Tennessee bench. So I didn't see it. I did lean forward a couple of times to try to find Ron Maurer because when he came out of the game, I wanted to see if he was hurt. And um, I, I thought he might have dinged his hip a little bit when they took him out, put Garantano in, then put Maurer back in. 
Uh, but I did look for that. I, I did not see the skirmish. I, I did hear about it, did get text messages about it. But I really don't know. I don't know firsthand the specifics of what occurred. But other than there were a couple of people that did tell me they felt Jennings was being the peacemaker in that situation. And by the way, and we mentioned this earlier, I think we did, um, that um, the comment from the head coach about Jennings, and he, he said that um, he's not been healthy since we've been here, which is basically two years. He's had two knee surgeries. He's not practiced a lot, but the guy is the ultimate competitor. He competes every day. We need more guys like him. That's what Pruitt said about Juwan Jennings. Plays with passion. He does, doesn't he? He does. I got to respect that. I, I, uh, I like the way he goes after the football. I like the fact that he's upset when things don't go well. And, uh, and like I said, I like uh, Trey and Wanye dumping that guy on the sidelines. It kind of warmed my heart a little bit. Uh, I don't like the timing of it. I don't like that it stopped a drive. But I do like the aggression. I just wish they'd stop on the whistle next time. Yeah, well, and we mentioned earlier the head coach wasn't upset about it either. He said he, he was glad to see some folks getting after it like that uh, as well. So uh, when we come back, we'll have more. If you want to join us, 656-9900, uh, We are brought to you by Window Works, the right products for every home and budget. This is Sunday Sports Sound Off. You got to come back out and get the, the offense back to ball. Uh, we don't really dwell on what happens on the offensive side. You know, we just kind of go out there and play defense. You know, that's what we're out there for to get the, the offense back to ball and create stops. That's Tennessee linebacker Henry Toho Toho uh, talking about um, uh, the Tennessee defense. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Off with Tim Irwin. Uh, do want to also uh, bring him not. I think Toho Toho is going to be a, a really good football player. He's pretty good right now, number 11. I, and Batuli, I like him a lot. Uh, I think those are two quality linebackers, Tim, that Tennessee has, Batuli and Toho Toho. It's hard to play linebacker if you got guys getting washed back in your face. Yeah. Uh, but I think, and I want to compliment, I cannot go without complimenting Toho Toho again. The way he ran that guy down on that long play where one got behind us, and he made just an outstanding, outstanding effort. Uh, showed a lot of heart, and Batuli is a warrior. Uh, Taylor, on the other hand, has not had the kind of year I expected out of him. Maybe he's getting double teamed. So what? We need more impact out of him. He was the leading returning sacker in the SEC with eight. That was the good news. The bad news, well, the news that concerned me was that seven came in two games. So for the other 10 games, he had only one sack. He had a tendency to disappear. And one of his best, biggest games last year was against Georgia when he had three sacks. And he was in on that forced fumble that Georgia fortunately picked up and ran in for a touchdown last right. year. It was a wild play. Uh, but uh, Taylor was in on that. But he, he's not been productive like I thought. I, I anticipated him getting at least eight sacks. And my thinking was I'd rather have eight sacks over – uh, won a game for eight games and having seven and two and then basically disappearing for the other team. Well, if he's going to start a streak, maybe he'll do it this next week. We could use it right now. Yeah, they certainly could. Uh, also, uh, compliments of Eric Gaines. So 
uh, Eric informing me that with Maurer, it was a left arm, left shoulder that uh, led him to come out uh, and then come back in. So that's, that's what had happened. It was on that tackle, uh, and uh, we talked about where they put in Garantano, and Garantano came, uh, went in, completed a pass, and Maurer went back in, but on the first play, play after that, too, an interception. So uh, let's go, go back to the phones where our next caller is Ted. Good morning, Ted. Good morning. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I've been watching football for many years, and Tennessee's got the most predictable offense that I've ever seen. They have no, no misdirection whatsoever, no reverses, no end rounds, no comeback passes, no passes in the flat. It's the most unimaginable offense that I've ever seen. And when they run the ball in 90, I guess it's 90%, they run the ball left. Never go, well, they might run it right one time in the game. So it's just the offense is terrible, in my opinion. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, the offense actually uh, did better against Georgia than it did, than it did against Florida. Uh, they got 343 yards. Uh, they did have a 73-yard touchdown pass. They had a slant that they threw to Jennings for a touchdown. Uh, I thought they did some good things. Uh, are there times they might be predictable? I guess so. But I, um, I, I saw some spark in that offense against a, an outstanding defense to where I think going forward, I think they got a chance against the number of opponents they play. I think the reason – I think he's right. They are uh, running left more of the time. I think there's a reason for that. I think Trey Smith and Wanya Morris are their two best run blockers. Well, and they're on that left know, side. All the great offenses that, that I've ever seen had misdirection, and there is no misdirection in that offense. I don't know. I got mm-hmm. a lot of confidence in the offensive coordinator we got right now, and I think well, I, the, I, I, didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like him when he was here before, and I don't think well, I don't like him when he's here now. He scored more points when he was here before per game than any Tennessee offensive coordinator I can think of. He went on to win at Pittsburgh. He went on to have a pretty decent offense at Arkansas and Georgia, and he's been successful everywhere he's been. So I'm still 100% in Jim Chaney's camp. I'm very happy that he's running – the Tennessee offense, and I'm coming around on Will Friend. I didn't know him as well, but I like the development of the young offensive line. At least they look organized. And if we're not running enough reverses and and throwback passes to suit you, I'm sorry for that. We may not have enough speed on offense to do some of those things, but I'll take Chaney. I disagree with the caller on that well, one. Well, Ted, I will say that, okay. that Chaney's last year, Tennessee averaged over 36 points a game. And by the way, they have thrown some of those flare passes. They just haven't completed them, and I think they've kind of decided, okay, maybe we shouldn't do that. The opening play of the season was a, was a flare pass to running back that got bobbled up in the air and caught by the, the opponent. Uh, yeah, I, re- I so, remember one of our teams in the pack when the fu- in the past when the fullback pass was a great weapon, and uh, I hadn't seen that. You know, well, they don't we, use we a fullback. Yeah, we don't even have a fullback. Yeah, that's a, yeah, <laughs> yeah we don't. Yeah, we don't have full backs again. I yeah. know that, but uh, anyway, that little pass to the sideline, you know. But anyway, okay, that's, that's my that's my okay. opinion. All right, thank you, Ted. Appreciate Thanks it. For taking my call. Yes, sir. Bye.
Let's go to Bill. Bill, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hey, guys. Hey, Bill. Uh, guys, uh, people seem to be happy, man. But at the end of the day, I mean, it was still a massive beatdown. Um, and the thing about Cheney, man, I have to disagree, dude. Uh, man, I think Cheney has been this year a nightmare here, man. Uh, you had a quarterback that's definitely not as good under him. Uh, we've heard that he's either, you know, fed him a little bit too much and a little too fast. And a coach's job is to know, man, exactly what the, you know, exactly what to feed him. And if you're just overloading the kid, which I think is what's happened, man, this is what you get. I think, I actually think our offense was better last year, guys. I don't, I don't, I've been very, saddened by Cheney's deal, man. I thought that was at least an extra win or two, even having the guy. But, um, man, I'm not happy with anything, guys. It's still a beatdown, and they still covered the spread, right? Um, yes. 26 points. Yeah, so, they, yeah, so, I mean, people can call in and say that all day. You might have seen some fire, but at the end, you've seen what you always see is a beatdown. And, guys, I don't know. I mean... <sighs> Hopefully this gets better, you know, with him. I don't think we have the talent for sure that some of these other teams do. But I don't. But I also don't think that we're bad enough to lose the teams. And I believe that if look if if Mauer starts, we we definitely don't. We're definitely not sitting here at one and four. I believe. So I put that on Pruitt too, and I put it on Cheney too. So to me, bad coaching staff guys. I mean, so. That's about all I got, guys. We'll see you in time. Okay. Well, uh, a couple of things on that. One, I don't think it's a bad coaching staff. I do fault him for not having the team ready for Georgia State, and even Jeremy Pruitt said that. He acknowledged that. He said he messed that up. I disagree with not being in a prevent defense at the end of the Brigham Young game. I thought that was a mistake. They had nine people within six yards of the line of scrimmage on all four of those snaps. I did not like that. Uh, the thing about Garantano, and, and yeah, he's regressed. I don't think anybody could argue differently. Tim, I, I do I have wondered if they overloaded him. But here's the thing that I've heard consistently with people that go to practice and, and that have knowledge of this. He's practiced pretty well. He just hasn't played well. I don't know all the reasons. It's kind of like a golfer, maybe on the golf range. A guy hits a driver straight every time, great wedges, great five irons, and he gets on a course and he doesn't hit the ball as well as he does on the range. Maybe a little bit of that's going on with Garantano. I don't know. But I'm in your camp with Cheney. I like Cheney a lot, and I think he's a really good coordinator. I mean, it's hard to defend anybody when you're sitting here one and four and you only score 14 points in a ball game. Uh, it's, but I thought he opened it up last night. I thought last night was one of his better play calling deals against a tough defense. Uh, I think it takes him a while to figure out what he's got. I don't think Maurer was ready against Florida. He didn't look ready. No. You know, he got he's now had six weeks of practice under game type situations. He's improved some. I I just have a hard time. I'm very comfortable with Jim Chaney running the offense and I'm going to continue to defend him right now until I have reason not to defend him. I mean, I don't think he's the problem. I don't think the coaching staff is doing unsound things. Uh, I thought some 
the week before I was griping about our big players got to step up and play like big players. I think some of them did that this week. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Jennings has done it consistently all year. I thought Callaway showed up, uh, went up and took the ball on those 50-50 situations. Uh, the ball came out on rhythm more this week. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just don't have enough uh, gas in the tank to play a whole game on defense. They had the ball 20 minutes in the first half. Nobody can stand that onslaught. It, finally, the dam breaks after so much water keeps hitting it. And I think as a good football team, and I think we're not a good football team yet, I'm not ready to – do any wholesale coaching changes at coordinator or at position right now. I think the offensive line has made some progress. Uh, we'll see how Maurer, if Maurer can put two good efforts together. We'll see about that. I don't know. I just think it's too early to tell right now. I'm not ready to go talk about the great job Jim's done here yet, but I still think he's the right guy. Let's go to James. James, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hey, how you doing? Fine, James. Uh, Tennessee senior class is small, but the best players Tennessee have are are seniors. I'm talking about Callaway, Batuli, Jennings, Taylor, uh, just Warrior, just on and on and on. Uh, they're losing. They're going to lose a lot with that small senior class. Uh, the underclassmen they've already lost what one, two, about about seven, seven players. Uh, Jarantano's probably gone. Surroud's probably gone. Question mark with Smith, whether he will be able to continue playing football. Uh, it just don't look good for the future. Uh, the 2020 class is, uh, something like 30th in the nation. Uh, the, the best players in Tennessee are, are over towards Memphis. And, uh, I don't agree with that. You don't agree with the best players are over towards Memphis? No, they're in the mid-state. <clears throat> the best players in the mid-state. Memphis has some good players. There are more good players in the mid-state, Nashville area. Well, I did notice that the top 25 uh, players in Tennessee are are a bunch of four stars. And uh, Tennessee, Tennessee has to get those players. And uh, I'm not sure they're going to be able to get them with the turmoil that's going on at Tennessee right now. And uh, and with the new quarterback last night, I'm not sure what that's going to do to, to the kid from Marietta, Georgia. I mean, does he want to come and sit for three years before he plays? I don't, uh, that's what I'm getting at. Tennessee, everybody's talking about, you know, Tennessee's young. They're going to be good in the future. But they got to quit losing players like they're doing, and I'll hang up and listen to your comments. Okay. Uh, and there were several that have been lost recently. We talked about the dismissal of Jeremy Banks. Will Ignat uh, left the team for personal reasons. Shannon Reed uh, left the team. He went in the transfer portal. There was um, the receiver named Jacquez Jones. Earlier there was Jordan Murphy. Uh, there have been about seven that have left the program uh, since uh, August. And um, I, I do agree with James on this. If Tennessee doesn't show some progress and doesn't get at least four or five wins this year, Tim, it's going to be hard to to keep this class together in recruiting or to bring in some outstanding players. That's going to be a challenge. I, I think you've got to show that uh, you're going to at least turn it around a little bit and win a few ball games. If you're two and ten or three and nine, 
I think it's going to be hard to recruit some of these kids. You could be right, Jimmy. I don't know what we can do about it sitting up here in this booth. Uh, <laughs> we can't. I hadn't. The done, team could. But. I hadn't blocked or tackled anybody <laughs> in years, and and uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard times. There's no uh, downplaying that. It is. And I try to think and rack my brain in the 20 minutes before I come in here. Uh, I try to get myself out of a negative frame of mind. I wasn't happy last night. I don't think any VFLs should be walking around happy like that. It was a beatdown. I try to concentrate on the bright spots that I see and areas where there's reason for hope. But overall, we're in a dismal place. There's no, no downplaying that. As far as the quarterback, Harrison Bailey, he's a four-star out of Marietta, Georgia, a really good player. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do. I'll tell you this. A few years ago, Alabama had the SEC Offensive Player of the Year as a freshman by the name of Jalen Hurts, and a quarterback from Hawaii named Tua Tungvaloa went to Alabama anyway, and then he beat him out. So I – I wouldn't Who knows be, is if, my point. If I was sitting in Marietta, Georgia right now, I wouldn't be scared by one decent half by a kid that just came in. He got knocked out of that ball game twice. Mm-hmm. You know, Conridge Holloway used to tell me when I would ask him about quarterbacks, he would say, well, let's see who gets back up and does it after they get the snot knocked out of them. And that was his measuring stick. So... I mean, let's wait and see how this kid does next week if he's the one that's in there. I I haven't seen anything to be completely scared of yet. If I was a quarterback wanting to come in and play in front of ninety to 100,000 people every week and, and run through the tee, I hadn't seen anything that would scare me off yet. I think the offensive line's getting better. That would encourage me. So I do, too. And I do think they've got a lot of good young players. I had been told by somebody earlier, the 19 freshmen they signed, there's not a bust in the class. That's rare. And, and some of them have, uh, have shown a lot of potential, including Henry To'o To'o and, and the two offensive linemen we talked about and Corvaris Crouch and Eric Gray and Jalen McCullough and Warren Burrell. I do think they've got some good I, young players. I know so. it's a long ways, but the West is full of the Islander kids. I call them Islander kids, the kids from – uh, Hawaii, Pacific, Hawaii, New Zealand, uh, uh, Tongans, uh, a bunch of kids that are really good football players. They can run. They're fearless. They can hit. They're developed, strong. I uh, I played with a bunch of those guys in the pros. Uh, Al Noga played a lot of years for us, very quick defensive lineman, jumped off sides a lot. Uh, Dave Dixon played right beside me. Uh, Maori uh, Indian and just a big, strong, strapping guy. I mean, you weren't going to run over him and had enough good movement. And and I think about that nose guard from Brigham Young, yeah. all the fits he gave us. Those guys are good football players, mm-hmm. and I'm very excited about this kid. I was so impressed about how he ran the Georgia back down on that long run and stayed in the play and showed so much heart. Uh, I think things are – some things are looking up, even in our darkest hour here. Need to get a break, but I will tell you one other thing about Henry Toe Toe. A lot of people know this, some don't. He broke his foot in the state semifinal game in California 
and refused to sit out. He played in the state championship game the next week for a half and had about seven or eight tackles. Then he just couldn't go anymore. That tells you a lot about that kid playing with a broken foot. When we come back, we'll have more to join us. 656-9900-1-866-656-9900. We're brought to you by Window Works. This is Sunday Sports Sound Off. Uh, man, you know, when you don't get pressure on the quarterback, it's hard. Uh, you know, you, you give him that time to be able to throw the ball. But, uh, you know, we just got to be able to come back tomorrow and then fix everything that we, we could have executed today. Tennessee freshman linebacker Henry Tooto talking about the difficulty of establishing a pass rush against Georgia and Jake Fromm. Bulldogs win 43-14 last night in Neyland Stadium. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Off with Tim Irwin. I'm Jimmy Himes. We've got a full bank of calls. Let's go right to them. Earl is our first caller. Hello, Earl. Hey, fellas. How y'all doing hey, today? Doing fine. Hey, uh, I just want to say something about a couple of these callers. First off, Jim Cheney's forgotten more about football than our entire fan base will ever know in their lifetime. There is not a dang thing wrong with him. Um, you know, and, and if the man was watching anything, you know, thank goodness we didn't throw a ball to the back out of the backfield last night because it hadn't worked all year long, and uh, I think we threw one, actually. But, you know... <laughs> And, 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 you know, we could, we could sit here and talk about how great the senior class is, and we got some good players in this senior class. But there's a reason why there's only about seven of them left. Um, you know, the, the best football players on this team, for the most part, are the freshmen and sophomores that have been recruited here. And what we need more than anything else is two more recruiting classes just like that, maybe a little bit better. We've got to get some defensive linemen. They're not getting any pressure. We all know it. We can all see it with our own two eyes. And – you know what, folks? We ain't getting rid of no coaching staff anytime soon. You know, we don't need to get rid of the coaching staff. It'll it'll be the same thing that we asked in 2008 and 2009 and 2013. Who are you going to go get? John Gruden's coaching in the NFL, boys. You know, give up the ghost. This ain't the 1990s. This football team is not going to go out against the number three team in the nation and and be able to be competitive for four quarters. We were competitive for two. And right now, that's better than what we have been. But two of our, th- our our four losses this year are to two top ten football teams, and we certainly are playing better in the second one than we did in the first one. And let's judge his coaching staff for the rest of the season based on the teams that we can possibly beat. And I think after tonight, after last night, I feel a little bit more confident that we might can actually beat some of those teams. So, fellas, I'm just saying, fan base. Come on now. You're better than this. Quit blaming everything and everybody. This is going to take time. We need better players. And and once we get those better players, we'll be able to compete. Big Earl's gone, fellas. All right. Um, one of the things that uh, I, I, I tend to agree, and we talked about it earlier, Tim, I, I do think going forward I saw enough out of Mauer and this team the way it played last night that I give them uh, a pretty decent chance against the Mississippi States, Kentucky's Vanderbilt's, et cetera. Um, but I, I don't think the coaching staff did a very good job against Georgia State, and I didn't like the lack of a prevent against Brigham Young. This team should be three and two, I think, my opinion. Yeah, I mean, so what? What does that get you? I mean, well, you're better better than one I and know, four. But we still I mean, got, and you got a bowl possibility for three and two. I don't give you much chance right now. No, do you? I mean, Georgia State was horrible. 
BYU wasn't enough improvement quick enough. And then we get into the teams that, you know, Florida's a pretty good better. football team. Yeah. It hurts me to say that. And they beat Georgia's, Auburn. Georgia's yeah. a real good football team. Yeah. Don't like saying that either. But we're not at that level yet. Mm-hmm. And firing the coaches and starting over right now is not the answer. Let's go to the phones where West is our next caller. Hello, West. Hey, good morning, boys. Morning. Uh, I moved here in 1993, and Neyland Stadium was an intimidating place to be, man. As, a, as an opposing fan, I was born a Georgia fan. I didn't have much say in the matter. But uh, Neyland Stadium was, was chaotic. It was tim- intimidating. And last night, the first half of that game, was the first time in many, many years that – I felt I was in enemy territory. It was people were jive, people were going nuts. Uh, the football team was—I mean, you guys played tough, man. You played tough, and I really expected to get on this morning and hear like positivity. You found a quarterback. You guys looked like a solid SEC football team in the first half. So I'm really shocked to hear any negative comments. Frankly, as terrible as Tennessee has been for so many years. I mean, I thought they showed out last night. Well, see, the, the, my problem with that is you still lost by 29. That just tells me you, you, if you brag about how well you played and you lost by 29, that tells me how far you got to go, right? Yeah, but isn't that, isn't that just dealing in truth? Because you guys do have a long way to go. You lost to Georgia State opening day. You had Which never seven should have months happened. of practice, you know, all seven months to get ready for the football season and he come out and lose to Georgia State. I mean, Tennessee's a terrible football program right now. I thought yesterday was a major step in the right direction. As an opposing fan, I hate Tennessee. I moved here, like I said, in the 90s. We didn't beat you guys for eight years. I went through all high school and half of college getting worn out by you guys. So my disdain for Tennessee is real, but I've actually come to a point of, of empathy with you guys, which also I think says a lot, because I was I was proud that that place wasn't orange and, I mean, not black and red yesterday. When I started seeing those tweets and the run, I was like, man, that part of me thinks that would be hilarious, but other parts, like, that would be a major disrespectful. I mean, I can't think of anything more disheartening than seeing Neyland Stadium in red and black. So, all in all, for me, I thought you guys took a step in the right direction. You found a quarterback, that dude's got moxie. I mean, he played, he played well. And uh, I don't know. I would think there'd be a little encouragement, but what do I know? Go dogs. Well, I would take issue with a major step. I think you can say a step, but a major step? I would say characterize it more as signs of life. <laughs> showed some signs of life and showed some spark initially. And we keep talking about the first half, the first half, the first half. The last two minutes weren't very good. No. And the second half was a beat. The second half was just an abuse. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Pruitt was not happy in his halftime interviews. The defense really didn't stop anybody the whole game. And that's what I was afraid of. I think Georgia could have lined up and ran the ball every play with a similar result. I don't think they had to throw it. And when they did, I mean, he only missed five passes all night. And great quarterback, great running backs, great offensive line, sound defense. Uh, good kicker. I mean, that's a, a world-class team right now. And uh, I hate to admit it, but they are. 
We have to maybe pick on a little weaker opponent. Maybe this week. Who knows? Well, it could be. Let's go to Doug. Doug, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hey, how you fellas doing today? Okay, Doug. I uh, I got a question. Uh, Tennessee's a good football team. In order to get better, you've got to start looking at recruiting. Tennessee used to recruit down in the, the Florida area. They've, since then, the last few years, no recruits coming from that area. Tampa Bay area has... Lakeland, nationally ranked powerhouse. Armwood, nationally ranked powerhouse. Tampa Jesuit, you know, all these schools. But yet, you know, there's a, one of the top linebackers in the state of Florida is sitting at a school, Wiregrass Ranch High School. He's a state leader in sacks and setting the state record. And yet, this kid's getting recruited by other schools. Why isn't Tennessee looking at players like that? Um, I think the recruiting needs to be picked up in order to get some of those better players to compete with the better school. Doug, I can't speak to every player, but I know that Tennessee is recruiting a guy that's rated the best athlete in the country. His name's Darnell Washington out of Las Vegas. Uh, they were recruiting a guy named Smalls, a tremendous player who's just recently committed to Washington. Uh, they're recruiting a great tight end out of Marietta, Georgia, by the name of Eric Gilbert. He's a teammate of Harrison Bailey, the quarterback that Tennessee has committed. You, you can't recruit 900 people. So I can't tell you why they're not recruiting a guy to Lakeland, but they are casting a wide net trying to get the best players. One thing to me they got to do better is protect their own turf within the state. They've lost too many players in recent years to Clemson or Missouri or Alabama or somewhere else. Or Georgia. Or Georgia. Yeah, they got to do a better job with that. Yeah. <clears throat> I agree. Right. But, I mean, they, they, they're upcoming football team. They're good this year. I, I do see promise in the future down the road. And I think it's going to start with building with that recruiting to help them out to pick up all these four or five star athletes. Yeah, it's, so that's it's, all I have to yeah. say. But okay. you know, I support them. <clears throat> I appreciate it. Yeah, it's imperative. Tennessee backs up last year's recruiting class with a really good one this year. We shall see. Hey, when we come back, we'll have more with Tim Irwin. I'm Jimmy Himes. You're listening to Sunday Sports Sound Off. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that's the main problem. You know, there's there's plenty of things that us as a defense can uh, execute a lot better. You know, there's probably the, the little things. Uh, the little things create big things, and uh, we can't let those, happen, those stuff happen. SEC linebacker Henry Toa Toa, his comments about, uh, about going against Georgia. Uh, also, I, I want to bring this comment before we get back to the phones, and this came from Jeremy Pruitt. I thought it was very pertinent. He was asked at the very end of his press conference to explain how a team that ended up having a good performance still lost by 29 points. How does he deal with that? Here's Pruitt. Our number one goal is to win every game, every game that we play. That's our number one goal. All right? We don't walk out there and say, I hope we play good tonight or I hope we play them good for the first half or this. Our goal is to find a way to win every game. Um, and... That's the bottom line, uh, and that will always be our go uh, until we start doing that around here. Um, you know, we're 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 not going to stop. We, that's what we've got to be. That's got to be the expectations. Um, and and so, hey, our kids hurt. Okay, um, they put a lot into it, um, but Georgia made more plays than we did. They they probably done a better job coaching than we did. It, it all goes into that, right? It all starts at the top and rolls down. So um, we'll go back, look the film, and see what we need to do to improve. Comments from Jeremy Pruitt. Tim, your reaction to that? 
I say it's about right. I mean, he comes from a place with very high expectations, mm -hmm. and he's it's got to be very disappointing for him. I don't think Jeremy Pruitt coaches to lose. Uh, I think he wouldn't be doing his job if he didn't point out the occasional bright spot. I think he's looking at this thing just exactly like I'm looking at. Hey, we showed some signs of life. I'm thankful for the way we started the game and competed initially. But even in that first half, that everybody's so fired up about, they had the ball 20 minutes, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. You can't win if you can't get off the field. You can't win if the quarterback can sit back there unmolested the whole game. Anybody can do that. Any team can perform well when there's no pass rush, no pressure. That was the biggest thing about that game to me, and I'll go ahead and say it, was the total lack of pressure. Mm -hmm. No pressure equals no turnovers, which is what we had. And just consistent drives, eat the clock up. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's a beatdown. It's a beatdown for VFLs. It's a beatdown for fans. It's uh, Yeah, we got beat down, but I am happy for the signs of life. We've got time for one more caller. Let's go to Kelly. Kelly, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead, Kelly. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. <clears throat> I watch the football games, and then I go out and check my cows on Sunday morning because I farm on the side, and I love to listen to you and uh, Tim and, uh, and John Wilkerson. And I just think the fans need to get behind Jeremy Pruitt and give him a chance because I think we got the best staff in the country right now. We just got to give him a chance. You know, and uh, look at the big picture. I don't understand breakdown of plays and the details, but I think that the big picture is the fans have got to get behind Jeremy Pruitt and his staff and give them a chance because I'm afraid if we ain't careful, we're going to foul up our recruits. And uh, I'll hang up and listen to you, but I love you guys, and I listen to you every Sunday morning. <clears throat> well, Kelly, we appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's focus on Tennessee's next game. They host Mississippi State at noon. Uh, Mississippi State, due to some tutorial issues, uh, has to suspend 10 players for eight games. So they pick whatever 10 for each game. You never know until kickoff who those will be. Uh, but your thoughts on Tennessee against Mississippi State? It's one of the games that you circle at the beginning of the year you think might be winnable. I don't think anything – I don't think we're where we thought we were going to be, but I still think it's one of our more winnable games that we have left. Uh, certainly, I don't think anybody thinks we're going to go out and compete and beat up on Alabama. Uh, it's, a, it's a foe where we should have a chance. We'll have to play well to beat them, but I think we should at least have a chance. That's Tim Irwin. Tim, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, and, folks, uh, you can join me in an hour on WATE for the Sports Source at 11 a.m. Check that out. We do appreciate you listening. This has been Sunday Sports Sound Off.